0: Hey, everybody, welcome in to The Wrap pre-Thanksgiving. Spectacular here on NRM Streamcast. Tom Mazaway, along with lots of my friends, Ethan Perlman, our producer, of course, and DMACC. Uh, we're not going to be here on a Friday, so Darren McCarty shows up here on a Wednesday, right before he goes to Israel tomorrow that, that's to promote right. the Russian Five. I had to get the uh, proper uh, spiritual vibes
1: from my boy Tommy Maz and Ethan and... <laughs> Our other guest here. The and, Benzman uh, family here. Exactly, to make sure uh, everything's copacetic and uh, happy to be here, Maz. Make uh, sure you talk to the Benzmans be, about
0: the, you know, Israel or the hot spots uh, already happened. Well, you got I, Ethan I, here. Yeah, he's I'm, he's locked Ethan. And I'm locked and loaded. I'm locked
1: and loaded. What you do you ready? think I've been hanging out here for all week? I've been sleeping in this
0: office. Hey, so. you brought a friend along, too. It's just all our friend here in Detroit. It's T.J. Lang uh, from Ferndale, Brother Rice, the whole nine yards, Eastern Michigan, and of course, our own Detroit Lions. TJ, what's up, Max? What's up, kid? I'm doing all right. How's How about it? yourself? I hang out with, I hang on with champions, man. I
2: know he's got a champion. Super Bowl 45. You know, yeah. I've never met, uh, I never met I never met Mac in the past like three months. We've done probably Isn't seven cool? shows together. So you yeah, get, it's, awesome, man. it's awesome. You Guys are meant for each other. That's exactly what. Thanks it is. Thanks for coming in, man. How's retirement treat? It's good. It's good. It's uh, busy. You know, three kids at home, and yeah, know that. A lot of chauffeuring. A lot of football is probably easier. bro. it was. It was. To be honest with you, I didn't have a. Didn't have as much on my plate as far as Amen. you know driving around and hunting the it's, list, it's uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's great though, you know, I, I get to uh kind of make up on a lot of missed time, it's great, you know, man. with the kids and Heck yeah. uh taking the little guy to every hockey game, practice, whatever. It Plus, is, they're uh, young still, right? Yeah, they are. I mean, my oldest is eight, and oh, the youngest yeah, right? is uh, and, uh, one and a half. Oh, you're in, yeah, uh, you're in. So. so, the eight year old is he's got a pretty busy schedule, and uh, it's fun, it just brings back memories of my dad taking me to you know my my practices and games. So, we're That's having awesome fun. man. Never you we'll miss film study though, right? <laughs> you know, I, I do not miss you know the week the weekly process of the NFL as far as practice and the four hour meetings a day, but uh, you know I obviously miss uh, you know. Those emotions that you get on Sundays. Worst course. day of the week when you're playing. What's the worst day oh, you, man. you regret? Probably mm, no, probably Wednesday because you're right back into the swing of things, full pads, hitting again. And the older you get, the harder it is to recover. So those Wednesdays were always a grind because you're like, dude, I'm not even, I'm not even recovered from Sunday's game, and <laughs> here we are right back at it. So that was always. Uh, that was always, I think, for me, the most challenging day, especially the older I got. Well, today's a special day for Lions fans. You know, it's a Wednesday before Thanksgiving Day game. It's too bad
0: that we're not in the playoff hunt here, but you know, that was back in the day in the '90s. We were always right in the thick of things with Barry and Herman and uh, the rest of the crew there, and Chris Spielman. And you played for the Packers, man. I mean, fourth round draft pick, played with Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy as your head coach. What a, what a system for you to come into I and mean, I know the Lions were probably your your team growing up, but to play for the Packers yeah, you know, how special was that? It
2: was awesome. I, I think um, you know I'm am a firm believer in you know in, in order to be um, you know kind of a upper echelon type of guy, a Pro Bowl guy. I think a lot of it depends on. What what scheme you're going to go into and what fits you the best and I think for me coming out of college I was young you know I was 21 when I got to the NFL I wasn't the most mature kid but I got to a, I got to a group of guys in the offensive line room in Green Bay that were all you know we had three guys that were 10 year vets 11 year vets um, so they kind of showed me the ropes of how to be a professional and I think if I would have came into a group where it was a bunch of other Rowdies. second third year players <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not sure if I would have lasted because those guys kind of you know kicked my butt a little bit and got me into shape and kind of showed me what I was doing wrong and what you got to do to, you know, to to be a successful player. So I think going into that spot was a perfect fit for me and, um, you know, I, I remember one of the you know the, the, one of the first days I was in the locker room. I was just kind of looking around, and I, I'm not really the type of guy that used to get starstruck a lot. But yeah. Charles Woodson was like two uh, lockers down from me, mm-hmm. and <laughs> I grew yeah. up with his posters you know, all over my wall when I was a kid. And
0: this is Ohio State week, I mean, you, Charles Woodson on the on the poster yeah. against Ohio State, is, is, is posing as the
2: Heisman. You're yeah, like, it's, it's, it's one of the most memorable plays of, of all time, and for me, especially my uh, you know my childhood, especially. So getting getting a share. Locker room with him and looking around at some of the older guys, Donald Driver, and um, you know we had Aaron Rodgers, who was obviously up and coming type of guy. But uh, it was just it was a great environment for me to go into, and I I honestly don't know if you know if if I would have lasted anywhere else in the league if I didn't go into a you know veteran type of group. You locked uh, that. I I I want to
0: bring that up with the being a Lions fan, and we are all Lions fans. But when you get drafted, it's supposed to be you know a great day for the kid coming out of college. What happens when you get drafted by a team like the Lions? When you know, instead of maybe the, getting drafted by the Packers, a, a more successful team—that's that, what I mean. Do, yeah. are you, are you, as a college kid, are you sitting there saying, "Oh man, I don't want to go to Indy. I don't, don't want to go to Tampa Bay," I or you don't care? You just want to get drafted? Um,
2: no, for me, I, I think going back on it was, and I didn't really have the luxury to pick where I wanted to go. Like right. a lot of these high first well, rounders your can probably round say, that's, that's right? High. But it's fourth round, but which which also you know meant that. All 32 pe- teams passed on me three times already, right. so it's not like I was like, "Yeah, if they call, I don't really want to go there." I was just chomping at the bit to get an opportunity. Right. I, I think for the most
1: part, you know, like you said, um, there's just you know a
2: few, and that's uh,
1: against the grain. But when you're uh, whether it's college or junior or whatever, you're just trying to get to the next level. You just right. want the opportunity. You don't care yeah. where it is. And uh, I think and, and 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 a lot that's of times part. too, it's 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 culture. You know, I was I was. Like you, you know, growing up being the, the step kid from across the border to get drafted to the hometown team, and and it was a little different for me because. I'd been through the Dead Wings era growing up and, and knew, you know, it was starting to turn and and with Stevie and then you have some of the playoff um, losses and then getting drafted and being in the minors and remember when they lost to Toronto, speaking of that, which the yep, Wings play played in, Toronto in Toronto tonight. Mm-hmm. And You'll be there. On I will. The I'll be doing the in-studio, in-studio. in-house, uh, come down and get a picture, uh, myself and uh, I think Art Regner and uh, Daniela. Uh, oh, yeah, well, Ozzie. Uh, yeah, I wonder if he'll be down there. <laughs> he'll so. be there. Yeah, um, but but I think it's just uh, you. You want to get in the door, and yeah. you want to get the play, and then you worry about that two or three years yeah. down the line. I think yeah, that's yeah. where yeah. Where, I guess. Huh? where you know you might fit your scheme, but you're just trying to but really like said, trying to get in the door. But
0: like he said, he went to a culture that. Maybe he wouldn't have worked here on the Lions. You know, he went to a place where they would, took him under his wing. Nah, same thing yeah, here. Same you for know? you. I mean, and you I'd, look... like to,
2: I'd like to think it would have worked out you know, somewhere else, but I'm just saying, like when you're a, such a young kid and you don't really know the ropes of anything. I mean, if you go into a group of guys that are immature as you, I mean, it's probably going to turn south really right, quick. Right, and you, you need know? the. You look at our team. You know, and you
1: look at the Russian Five. You speak about well, why I'm going over to Israel for the Russian Five documentary. That if anybody's seen. It's because you start inflicting... The Laryanovs and you put and the Fatisovs and it's not just about the Russians, but that, you know, when you sit two lockers down and you get to talk with Igor Laryanov and Fatisov on the plane and then, you know, the Eisermans and the Paul Coffees and and then you bring in the Shanti's and then Joey comes in too, like you said, the Papa for us younger guys, you know, myself, Drapes, Maltz, Ozzy, Marty the Point, Dandy, you know, was sort of like the father figure. So there is the culture, I think that's what, you know, we get into is that what i hear from you is that going into green bay the culture is established do mm-hmm. you know the culture there here there is no culture right. it's it's they're trying to fight for it and and here's my whole thing about it and to realize being a fan okay so we're stuck in the in the, in the quandrums of tradition being thanksgiving being everything that it means to us, and a lot of us are nostalgic, so the people that we've lost, it means something to remember. So you can't take Thanksgiving, to, in my mind, as far as the epitome of the football game because it's so much more than that. Right. It's the holiday and stuff like that, right? So, so you say that... In different places, you know that when teams—if teams you know, like in Washington, they want Snyder to sell the team, mm-hmm. so so they don't show up, right? So you say and you don't show up, but well, you got to use that other than Thanksgiving, in my opinion, because it's so much more than that. And you grew up here; I grew up around here. I understand that it's tough because you're asking people to sacrifice tradition for sport, mm-hmm. right? If you want the sport, but you have to separate your mentality of what kind of fan are you? Are you the traditionalist fan that is going to go and support because that's what you've done and that's what your family's done and that's what you're taught to do? Or are you going to change the narrative? Now, too many people aren't together on it, right? So there's too much influx that people don't care because why? Because they don't see the culture. That's the difference between what's happening with the Red Wings and what's happening with the Lions now. They see direction. They see... Steve Eiserman say, "Hey, it's gonna be a while." Yeah, you know they, try, they trust because him. they trust the guy. It's right. like you, yeah. you're telling me when you go in to Green Bay and you're the young guy, and you have those veteran guys that you look up to, or the guys that Charles Woodson, that you know that, that's a little bit older than you, but the veteran, but means so much that that, that means getting things underway. And that's well, yeah. look at
0: you; you had Scotty Bowman to play for. Well, he had Mike McCarthy to right. play play under. Pretty. Pretty good coaches. I mean, Mike McCarthy's is not Scotty Bowman. No, I'm not no, comparing him. But, it's, them, but it's, more veteran and more good leader. you yeah. got to lead men. Yeah. You
1: know, that it's not about the X's and O's as much as putting the right people in place. You know, that the, it's all about the people. And then you buy into it and then sacrifice. You know, the one thing you look at, at Dallas, right, with the Jason Garrett right. and things up in the air with, with him. But the one thing is that I caution is that that team's never quit on him. Mm-hmm. You know, like that You can you like speak to that in the football room? There, there's something that when you believe the message or there's a difference between losing and working and believing in the message and, and knowing it, then guys not believing in the message and, and not all in. And in a hockey, you know, it's easier in basketball, there's less guys. Yeah, then yeah. hockey football, there's what? How many guys? 50-some? Yeah, you got 53. 53. So, I mean, that's... Yeah. Corral, 53, of anything.
2: Yeah. No, it's tough. And I, I think, you know, the, the, the one thing I, I've seen this year from the Lions, I know it's, you know, been a horrendous kind of yeah. well, <laughs> second games, half of the season. All. They haven't right. finished and that's games. It. And it. But the one thing is, I don't think it's a team you can look at and say these guys are quitting on nah. the coach. I mean, if they're, you know, the one craziest stat about this team is that you know 11 games in, you, you got three wins, but you, you've had a lead in every I single know. game. I, I mean, know. it's like, geez, can we just get that one stop? Can we get that fourth and eighth right. stop against Kansas City? Can we get that right. one stop, uh, you know, against Chicago kind of late in the game? Can we get that? W- we did get the one stop against Green Bay, but right. it was taken away from us on you know, right. something that the refs thought he saw. So it's like when you do get the stops, you know, something else goes wrong, and when you don't, it just kind of starts going downhill. And I, I think, but that's the one thing that you talk talk about culture is it's I think it's different than when you go from a, you know a, a crummy organization you bring somebody new in you can sell that we're trying to change the culture we're trying to build right. it which is what we've seen with Steve Eisenman and the Red Wings. Coach Patricia took over a team that was nine and seven, you know, two years in a row that's one game away the last two years from being a playoff team. Sure. So it's not really like you can kind of sell. Hey, we got to come in and break this thing down and rebuild it. I mean, in my mind, it was always kind of like at least when I was there last year was they had a player, we're close, man. We got the guys, we got the, you know, yeah. we got the players. We just gotta you know get that one extra guy or maybe a two extra guys to kind of come in and take us over the hump. And um, how did it feel when they traded
0: Golden Tate away this year? They Trade Quandre Diggs away. I mean, yeah. you're taking players away instead of Ed players. I mean, the drafts. I mean, they're getting draft picks, fifth round pick, but they're trading a seventh and Quandre Diggs. Quandre Diggs has scored out. Number 1 on his team two weeks in a yeah. row for Seattle. Seattle's a good team. Yeah. Well coached. Great defense. Yeah,
2: and that's a tough one. I mean, got, you guys, It's tough to swallow. No, it is. And I think at the same time, you try to understand what's going on when you're in that building as far as, you know, look, as an older guy, you understand what happened with Golden Tate. I mean, he was a guy who was going into a contract right. here. Um, he wasn't going to hold him hostage. Right, he wasn't going to hold him hostage. But at the same time, I don't know, I mean, it, did it kind of seem like you know that the uh, maybe management was kind of given up on the season. I don't know, maybe a little bit, um, but at the same time you understand that every coach that kind of comes from the New England Patriots kind of wants it their way and I think Coach yeah. Patricia is the same guy where hey, if we got a guy who's not fully on board and riding this bus until we go down uh-huh. you, you get out of here, you know and I think, there, I, I don't know, I obviously wasn't in the building this year to see it yeah. I, I didn't know if Quandre was that type of guy or not but it wouldn't surprise me if it was. He was a he was guy who yeah, spoke out and obviously when things are going well he was uh, a everybody's going to be happy and when things are not going well, you know. I think there's a fine line, though, of you, you can't have every man in the building be a yes man and just say, yep, this is how we're going to do right. it. We agree. You have to have that confrontation and you have to have guys that are going to stand up for the betterment of the locker room and, and what everybody's feeling. And I think that uh, we've had a couple of guys like that in the past couple years, um, but I think where it starts to separate itself is maybe when it goes over the top a little bit, maybe when it start, when the bitching starts to come too much and you start to see guys um, kind of falling apart in the locker room and starting to kind of Zone out because they're not really believing what's going on. So yeah. I think maybe that played a part in, in you know, in uh, you know, sending those guys off.
0: Hey, we're here on the wrap on NRM Streamcast. Tom Mazoy alongside Darren McCarty and our good buddy now TJ Lang in the house here. Didn't, go, didn't have to come that far. He's a Michigan man. Yeah, Ethan Perlman in the stride. house as well. And uh, we're talking lions, uh, football in general. And there's some good teams out there. There's some haves and there's some have nots. Uh, Thanksgiving Day, it's not what you want. It's the Bears and the Lions, two teams that aren't going anywhere this year. The Bears kind of fell off the rails. This was a defense that was feared when they came in this year, and their offense with Mitch Trubisky, this has not gotten going. So Mitch Trubisky not playing that well, although he threw three touchdowns against the yeah. Lions. His best game was against yeah. the Lions. Matthew Stafford goes <laughs> out. Isn't? Matthew Stafford goes out. You know Matthew Stafford very well. Mm. Broken bones in his back. They say it could be something that's going to linger throughout the rest of his career. We all don't want him to come back this year. You know, it's a lost season. We want to see him rest up and come back healthy next year. But will we ever know, really, what this guy could have done? And and I know his career is not done. But here he is... With the Lions, and we all know we haven't won a playoff game since nineteen ninety. We do this every decade, Maz. I know, I know but we do with every rebuilding Barry since nineteen fifty-seven. Ma- you know, right. what I mean, it's like it's the only team in NFL history to not make a Super Bowl. You know, yeah, the original we know, we know NFL it's team to the not way make till it. They do. It's, and we're all it's, fans, and we, all, I don't know. I guess I'm not. I'm going, just going in circles here, and I don't know. Matthew Stafford. Mass, pro-
1: here's here's what Maz is trying to say because Matt Stafford is as good a guy as. As you see what it is, yeah. and a team guy, and and I think Maz is what Maz is saying I is you're this, trying to I'm,
2: ask is he, is he a guy that can take this team kind of over the top, you know, in yeah. the near future. I think the one disappointing thing about this year was. Uh, he was playing probably the best ball he has yeah. in years. Um, MVP and, caliber. Yeah, he was, and he was honestly. That's what I. That's what I was telling people was, you know, through the first eight games, and he was playing. I think he was a not even a great defense, a top fifteen defense away from you know being right up there in the MVP. That's conversation. the frustrating part, right? Because
1: it wasn't right. So, and the offense has been a shining light right. coming into the well, season, but the over. defense has been yeah. so from what we expected and what we were told and what and we were promised. Yeah,
0: but, but
1: but but yeah. I'm saying is that because of what you're saying is that all you had to do is be middle and just all you to had to do it, is, is in that thing. And so speak not just on him, but speak as an offensive, you know, how does that... Work on the football team when the offense is doing their job and the defense isn't, and or the defense is doing their job and the offense isn't. Does that does that eventually cause strife, or how do how do great teams uh, combat that? Is that yeah. through
2: leadership? Yeah, I think so. And I think uh, there was a year there in Green Bay, either 2013 or four, maybe 2014, where. Um, you know, we did the same thing. We were, uh, I want to say, a 12 and 14, but we gave up like 30 points a game and like 500 yards. So <laughs> early in games, you'd come out, the other team would score 14 off the bat, and we'd just kind of look at each other and go, "All right, I guess we're gonna have to score 40 again." You know, uh, you don't. Right. Try. but I mean,
1: you do that as the offense. It's like, okay, we got it. Like, yeah. and the
2: I'm, defense does the exact same thing. You know, you go out three and out. The first three drives, the defense is probably over there going, "Well, is, is there always the one understand. guy? No, no. Is there always like
1: the leader on the offense and lead, like in the dressing room where it's like, you know, the two guys that'll be." Like chirping each other, like the offensive guy would be this guy, and like because in no, our
2: not on game day, I think game day. Oh, yeah, practice offense? though. Not on game day because it's business, but yeah, in practice yeah, yeah. and yeah, practice and throughout the week. Uh, yeah, I think you definitely kind of look. If I'm a guy in the offense and we're scoring, you know, 30 points a game, and the defense isn't holding up their end, you're, you're kind of just looking at the guy saying, "All right, come on, just get us a couple stops this week. Yeah, right. so let yeah. us score. Yeah. let us score 24, <laughs> win the game. You know? All you, hey, you got to hold them to 24, right, bro. <laughs> you know, it's it's. Obviously tough, and the one thing is on game day, you know, the offense and defense—you don't have a whole lot of interaction because offense goes on, defense on the bench; defense goes on, offense on the bench. So you don't really talk a whole lot, and even halftime, you're only in the locker room for three minutes. So um, yeah, it can create a little bit of division, I think, but um, that's only if it you know gets really out of hand. And I don't know what's going on this year, but the one really crazy stat was after the Dallas game, uh, you know, the the seven losses, the offense. You know, scored over 25 points a game on average. And it's just a crazy stat because usually, you know, if you're (laughs) spitting all over myself, but (laughs) usually if you're scoring 24, 25 points a game, I mean, you're going to be above a 500 team. And there was one stat that I put out there where it's like, you know, if the Bills scored twenty-five points a game, they'd be nine and one. If the yeah. Patriots scored twenty-five. You know, it's just crazy to think about how, when you really look back at it, how well the offense had been playing under Stafford, and just the defense was but just. But the such more a major that we dig
1: into it, the more upset I get. More yeah, the fan get. because because it's of like ex- got a
2: defensive head coach. Because of expectations, yeah. there's expectations, and especially the second half of last year where the defense was, you know, in the top five of most of the major categories outside of points scored, um, because the offense. Is going forward on fourth downs a lot, you know, putting the defense in bad field position. But the run defense was, you know, lights out. You're hitting the passer the last, you know, six seven games of the year, and you come into this year, you add a couple guys. You're saying, oh my, this might be a top five defense, man. When you look at it on paper, for whatever reason, it just, you know, hasn't hasn't found any ground and hasn't, uh, you know, been able to develop any consistency. TJ Lang, TJ
0: Lang in the house today with us, former Packer, former Lion, and uh, my man Darren McCarty will be at Red Wing game tonight. Go see the. uh, the Wings and the Leafs with their new head coach tonight, and Darren will be on the concourse. He'll be on the uh, in-house. Uh, what, what do they call on the that? in-house that, call? The in-house call. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the host there? The hostess. Danielle. Danielle. They, they got some good. Work. They, they do all right over she there. She does a great job with nice this you know, Art Ragnar. And, and Art, stuff. I love the. And, and,
1: and this is what I love too. And and with all the people um, around the rink that I get to work with, and the, the you know the best part for me is the intricacies of the organization and um, to watch the development of, say, Daniela um, coming into this uh, four or five years ago yeah. and and just, you know, as, a, as her hockey knowledge and even talking hockey with her, and, and you see that all the time is that it, it's great. The light bulb goes on. Well, it just sort of, yeah. it, you, just, you watch the game differently and be able to have, to talk, more X's and O's, and and just level level up, and and that's that's what I love and and appreciate. It doesn't matter what your fandom is or what your love of the game is, it, to be able to talk at, at any different level. And uh, I always look forward to it tonight. Original six matchup, fun.
0: you know the. Uh, Canadians' version of the Lions. How about them? Yeah, 1967 for them. 1957. <laughs> Without Babcock, man. For them, you I know. A he lot got railroaded. Right? Well, he he he's getting, on, getting paid until 2023.
2: I know. He's, yeah, he's, I don't know. Do you get railroaded <laughs> when, well, when you no, got signed for an you eight eight see year, all do? these former players coming exactly. out now. Like, oh, they're uh, killing uh, them. Carlo Koliakvo said some things. Uh, uh, Mike Commodore. Mike Commodore. Oh,
1: we touched on. Man. Yeah, but that's, that's, you know, one of the things that I, is how you treat people. So, yeah. um, you know, that's the one thing. Uh, you know, and that's the one thing I try to explain is with Scotty Bowman is that it got, to, we didn't, you know, we called him Rain Man, not to his face. But, you know, what, the one thing is that he was that's five right. steps ahead and you might have hated this, what he was doing but you respected it. Of course. That's the thing.
0: You can hate your coach, but you can't yeah. lose respect for your coach. Yeah. I want to talk about that. and coaching, I'm going to send it back to you, TJ, in just a quick second. We're going to take a quick timeout on NRM Streamcast. TJ Lang, Darren McCarty, Ethan Perlman, Tom Mazaway here. On the wrap. Keep it right here. Your friendly diligent celebrate Black Friday all month long during the Black Friday sales event going on today at Jim Reel's friendly Chrysler Jeep in Warren. Right now, take home the 2020 Jeep Cherokee Trailhawk 4x4
2: for as low as $199 a month with zero down, or lease the 2020 Jeep Grand Cherokee Laredo 4x4 starting at $239 a month with zero down. And
0: there's nothing more friendly than a great deal from Jim Reel. For your best deal, it's Jim Reel's friendly Chrysler Jeep in Warren. All right. I want to thank Brian Ackerman, my good buddy. Used to sell cars with him, and here they are, a sponsor for us now. Jim Reels Friendly Chrysler Jeep. You can catch them on Van Dyke and 14 Mile and Warren, and out in Romeo. They took that store over Van Dyke in Washington Township. So thanks to Jim Reels Friendly. Uh, Jeep and Chrysler. Can I ask a Thanksgiving question, TJ? This has
1: been one I want to add Like, do you really, as offensive lineman, do you guys just like Thanksgiving, like your favorite holiday? Like, do you do you, do you, like do yeah. you guys have a do you guys have a scarf fest? Like, what is what is a when you're playing? Offensive
2: lineman Thanksgiving meal consistent? Yeah, I think Thanksgiving probably was up there pretty high, (laughs) uh, along with like the last weekend after training camp, because that's like the first break you get in five weeks to just go nuts. But uh, Thanksgiving for me was. Uh, when we weren't playing, because I think I played with eight years in Green Bay. I think I played in three of them here in Detroit, yeah. and actually was lucky enough to, you know, have Coach McCarthy yep. let me stay here for the weekend. You know, oh, which is really wow. cool. So really we played cool. the game. You know, and how many the game, years I'd, in the league were you? Um, you know what? I think the first time. I asked. I don't think. I think oh nine we played here, but I, I don't think I asked because right. I was yeah. yeah too scared, no, but, you can't. Uh, <laughs> I think the next year we played again, or maybe two thousand eleven, and we had a couple other guys that did it. You know, Greg Jennings was from. Uh, you know, had a house in Metro yeah. Detroit, so he asked, and he kind of mentioned my name with him, reminded oh, cool. me and TJ's, and I was like, oh, thanks for doing that, but he let us stay, that's and cool. did it again, I think in 2013, which was cool, so, you know They
0: didn't break your balls too much? No, I
2: mean, 2013 wasn't pretty, because I think we oh, lost, lost like 40, 40 to 10, 10. Yeah, we, we got <laughs> crushed, man, we had that? Matt Flynn It was a Matt Flynn year you know, a, know, Yeah, Arizona. I remember got, that, because I got Ethan Yeah, we got smoked, <laughs> and um, you know, so that wasn't great, you know kind of reminding him after the game, hey, coach, I'm not going to be on the plane, you know, he kind of kind of say it under your breath a little bit, but, exactly. yeah, thanks. It was awesome and I still love it to this day. It's one of my favorite holidays just with the tradition of, I I just love being around my family. And, you know, my mom's side is um, really the only family I have left. And, but there's like 60 of us. My mom was I one of the last. Love, you. hey, love you. the mom, cousins, your sister. Man. I got to meet the whole yeah, lane, clan. clan, man. they your brother.
1: Yeah. How, how's he doing? Yeah, they're great, man. That's yeah, awesome. They're Happy
2: awesome. Thanksgiving, but, um, yeah, it's 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 That's fun. That's what it's about, man. You know, 60 people at the house tomorrow. We're hosting. And oh, there's nice. There's a lot of food yeah. and a lot of leftovers. Will Lion game beyond. Oh yeah, it will Go it, ahead, it will. I think it's just part of the tradition, you know, and that's my, the kicker, my, man. Right, it is. 12-30, they know, have the
0: national game. Yeah. Hey, you know what? We crapped the bet again. Here we are with three freaking wins on national right. TV. You know they don't want to
2: be here. But, but I, I know Fox doesn't want to be it's, here. It, it's yeah, embarrassing. It's something like Darren said earlier was just part of the nostalgia. And I mean mm-hmm. I remember watching the games every year with my dad, you of know. Course. And that was just kind of one of the best games of the year there where you're just Everybody's off work. It's a twelve thirty game. It feels like mm. a Saturday kind yeah. of college type of day, yeah, it and does. it's just you know it's just. It, it I grew up back in New Jersey. Memories. I'm a
0: Jets and Giants fan, but I love the Lions. We're always my third favorite team because of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And then yeah. Barry Sanders came. Then I went sided. Mm-hmm. I met a girl from Michigan. Oh, let me move to Michigan. I got yeah. the Lions. <laughs> so you know, you <laughs> a pile of and got to lemon drops. So here I am. But I haven't missed many uh, Thanksgiving Day games since 1991. So I've been, I go and I love it. And I have my seats from the Silverdome in my office at home and. I remember as a kid watching at my uncle's house, 1980, today's the anniversary, 39 years ago, Bears beat the Lions 23-17, Dave Williams takes the opening kickoff in overtime and goes 95 (laughs) yards the other way for a a touchdown. Pat Summerall, Tom Brookshire were on the call, and that game was... That was it. I was right, 8. It was quick and over. You weren't born, were you? No. Was, I remember it like it was yesterday. You weren't born here. <laughs> I was 8, Maz. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. No, don't worry about, you know, about it. Things. I love Miles, you know I love your history, <laughs> Maz. Hey, I, all right, here's what I want to talk about, coaching. You just talked about Scotty Bowman and everything. You played for Mike McCarthy. Mm-hmm. You also played for Matt Patricia. Yep. And Jim Caldwell. And Jim Caldwell. Yep. There you go. It's a great combination here. Jim Caldwell, 9-7, and seven, very buttoned-up coach. I am thinking he took pride in, you know, details. Matt Patricia, different kind of guy, comes in from the Patriots. And you had Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Compare
2: the three of them for me. Uh, I, I think out of the three of them, I think, you know, I, I, and, you know, once again, I spent eight years with Mike McCarthy. I spent right. one with Caldwell, one with Patricia. So um, you got to take that into account with what I'm going to say. But, but you're a I, veteran I think, and you know what you're talking about. Right. Here. But I think out of all three of them, I think Mike McCarthy was probably the best. Um, I don't want to say, well, probably motivator, but probably the type of guy that guys, you know, you you didn't want to let him down because he wasn't like a super hard guy. He he hated being called a player's coach, but the guys really respected him because. He just listened. But the guys
1: thought he was a player's
2: coach, right? because right. he listened yeah. to the locker room, I mean, if there was a day where we were supposed to go full pads and we've got twenty guys that are limping around, we could go to him and say, "Coach, can we tune it down a little bit today? You know, can we take the pads off maybe after the second period?" And he'd say, yeah, "Yep, let's let's come to a compromise. Let's do it." I think nice. the other guys, Patricia, was kind of like, "This is how we're going to do it. I don't care if you're hurt. Like, this is just we're going to grind through it and this is what we're going to do." Which you know, hey, it's I'm not saying it it's the wrong thing, but it's just a different approach, different philosophy. Um, coach Caldwell was probably the most tame coach i've been around where you know after a loss it was kind of nothing but just it was just kind of hey guys you played hard we played well you know you Gave it your all, you know. I appreciate that. Let's get working on next week. You know, I think the other two were kind of. You'd, you'd see a lot more fire. I think at least when right. we would lose games. That's what um, us
0: fans didn't really like about Caldwell. I mean, when you got right. robbed by the by the refs, and mm-hmm. we do a lot. Yeah. He just sat there fiddling around with his belt. That's the way we look at the game yeah. from TV. And I know we're not players and we're not there. We're not pros. But I've watched enough football games that I think I'm I know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, and no and doubt. I, I want I'm a Bill Parcell's guy. I right. like that kind of guy, Vince Lombardi. Call it what you want. Yeah. That's the kind of guy I want on my sidelines. Yeah.
2: I think with Caldwell's approach, it was kinda of like, What you know, what good is it gonna get me if oh, I get yeah. mad, if I get pissy, if I start calling out officials or I think whatnot. Age it just has... kinda, hey, it happened, you know, nothing we can do about it. And like you see, like you were about to say, I mean, he was an older guy, he'd been around the yeah. like league for a really long time. He's been through a lot. Been to a Super Bowl. Um, I know the guys, you know, the one year out here, the guys really liked him. The guys, you know, tried their best to play hard for him. But, you know, he he was kind of the more quiet kind of guy, and he had some other coaches on the staff who he kind of put in position of, you guys got to be the bad guys. You guys got to be the, uh, you know, the, yeah. the, the butt kickers and getting the guys, you know, the screamers and the yellers. So um, he had his staff well planned out to where, you know, it allowed him to kind of be the quiet guy. But the other two, I think, you know, were definitely—I um, would say—a little bit more passionate and, you know, fired up after uh, things didn't go our way. Hey, um, a
0: couple of years ago, a few years ago, when they hired uh, Bob Quinn as the general manager, and this was a guy that sat in the back of the room for the Patriots, player development type guy. There was another guy that sat in the back of that room too. His name was John Robinson, and uh, the Titans went out and hired him out of the Patriots hierarchy. They brought him in. And we brought in Quinn two weeks later, and they also brought in Mike Vrabel. And Tennessee brought in Mike Vrabel. We bring in Matt Patricia. These are all Patriot guys. Tennessee is on their way. John Robinson's got some great drafts. He's got some great All Pros. He took a quarterback off the scrap heap and Ryan Tannehill. He's turned it around. He benched Marcus Mariota. Enough decisions. Mike Vrabel, tough coach. They made a playoff. They've won a playoff game in the same amount of time that Matt, Matt excuse me, that uh, uh, Quinn is here. So it's it's Quinn versus Robinson. Tennessee is coming up. We're going down to look at it as a as a fan. And what's your take on this whole New England
2: uh, dynamic? Um, you know, I think. It's hard because I don't, I don't really think you've seen a whole lot of that. I think right. it's uh, a lot of people. It kind of seems like when you hire from the Bill Belichick, you know, any coaching tree, no, no. matter what you try to hire. Uh, the one thing with Patricia, though, I think that I've seen is, you know, he came in, I think early on when he came in in 2018, you kind of saw us. He's trying to act, like, really tough and kind of hard. And the older guys were like, you know, just be yourself, man. The guys are going to love you so much more if you just be yourself. And he eventually transformed into that, um, where the guys, where he he just started being himself. Because he is a dude that you can go up to his office and just sit there and BS with him about anything. And I've had so many great talks with him, just, you know, the two of us about life and about family and about, you know spirituality and just crazy stuff but he's a guy that when you get past all kind of the the toughness and the and the grit and the grind like the pencil he's just he's a guy that you (laughs) that's the hardest thing for me is i really genuinely really really like the guy you know so when i see him not having the success it's like gosh dang man like i don't want you to get fired but at the same time like I'm yeah, like, man, how are, how was this going so south so quick? Right. And I know it's a process, and I know blah 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 blah. But at the same time it's like we're in a world now. Where we want immediate results. We don't want to wait three four years no. to see a kind of a rebound and a return. Especially when you're coming off what we talked about earlier, a couple nine and seventeen teams where you know you got the players in place. And the one thing is just like we got to we got to go out. Last year was what we got to go out. We got to fix the offense. Bringing Daryl Bevel did it, you know. So it's just frustrating when to see the defense not holding up their End of the bargain, but it's hard for me to separate the personal side and the business side because I've been in the building with those guys yeah. and I really, really I'm like not them. Asking I mean, to they're tenu- tenu- fire genuine, genuine guys. A where uh, you know, I just I really appreciate everything they've done for me. Um, but you can't hide the fact that uh, it's been a pretty disappointing team the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, so, I think that's always a tough part because. Because you cheer for the person. Right. I mean, knowing, knowing Matt Patricia personally, I really like the guy. Yeah. You know and, what I mean? And, and, and he so bad. Right, you know? exactly. Does and he have
0: potential? I think he
1: does. i would yeah, I, I seen, it's, I look for the little things, the progress that I've seen is I don't see the team quitting on him. Right. I, I see. Well, and, how do you know that? You, because I watch, man. Because I Because I can, because you know them at different times. They just happen happened to win because it's just as you said. Because you can see it's the same thing as as cheap shots and and you so know. The Leafs, well, they 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 couldn't keep the puck out of the net. You know what I mean? It's like you know when your goals against is so high. So yeah, more. But I don't. Th- they quit, but they did. They didn't have the right message. The message doesn't sink in or whatever. I don't think. You know, back back to here and back to Patricia, where you where you like the person. A lot of times we don't quit. See, yeah. I, that, I, you know, like and that's I, we always complain or, or bitch and or moan about you know the pre snap penalties and stuff. But that to me, that's you're looking for things with staff. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's I think he got caught in what you said is the greatest coach. You don't know what you are and what part of him you are, and and that's what you said. He came in trying to be hard-ass, then trying to figure it out. I think that just the fact that it's gone so south with having to be, when we're not sitting here going, well, the defense... But they it went south the because there's no
0: Matt Stafford. There's no Kerryon Johnson. It went south
1: because of injuries, but, and, and it starts, you, got, you know, you sign Mike Daniels. He hasn't been healthy. You're looking uh. for, you know, flowers. hands been hurt. You know, you. you no rush. There's, dif- there's different reasons to, to do it, obviously. And then you go to the blitz. You know, I, I'm i not going to go into what the play call and, and how they're going to play, but it's the disappointment and because of the expectations. Yeah. So our expectations for this defense was set so high, you know, cause that's where it's supposed to be. So that's where people are in this. Yeah. You have this coach from the Patriots that is defense and you have the worst defense, WTF.
2: Right. Yeah, professional teams or players of, you know, so on so quitting. quitting. Right, right. Um, I, think I think it's that one, dead stare you're talking about. Right, I think it's the one thing is is Does this coach get these guys to believe? Sort of my question is yes, because they've had a lead in every single game. They go out there, and they play hard, and they play tough football. And I had guys, you know, I still talk to guys from, uh, you know, Green Bay, a couple buddies up there, and a football team. You know, they don't give up. They don't quit. It's a tough team. And it's like, well, hopefully the results start coming. But it, it does look like a team that really goes out there every week and, no matter what, no matter who they're playing, they play. They're going to be All in the right. game, and they can win. Which they've, you know, although they haven't gotten the results in the win column, they've shown that throughout the game that they can compete. Does he deserve another year? Who's that? Patricia yeah. Stafford goes out. You're three, four, and one. Certainly not out of the playoffs. Certainly not right there at the top. But. Um, do, does the diff, you know do do the do they last three games turn out different with them? I don't know. I mean, may, I I'd so. like to think the last game does, yeah, and honestly, sure. I'd like mm-hmm. to think that the Chicago game probably yeah. does as well. Two games, um, they
0: get two more wins minimum. I, I think with, they with do, Sheffer. and I think
2: they're probably st- still sitting at a five hundred team with right. a chance to at least uh, make a little bit of noise here in December. Um, so yeah, I think he does. I, okay. I think he does. I, I think this next year, though, I think the expectations should not drop. You know, I think the expectations coming into this year are really high. Um, I don't think just because they're going to finish maybe as a five-win, four-win team that the expectations should drop. I think it's going to be the exact same expectations. Look, if we don't get back to the playoffs, we don't start showing some real improvements. Look, it's the NFL, man. This is a big league, right? Not you got you, you right? Try, you got to try to find a way to get back on top.
0: T.J. Lang, Darren McCarty here, Tom Maslow, Ethan Perlman on NRM Streamcast, on The Wrap, talking Lions and Bears, mainly Lions here. and. Uh, there's lots of stuff to go. Uh, I want to talk about two really good teams because we're not going to have a show on Friday. So going into the weekend, you got the Niners at ten and one, playing outstanding defense, just enough offense, great running game. The Baltimore Ravens are on a hot streak, like I haven't seen in, in a long time. I mean, they make mincemeat of everyone every week. Lamar Jackson is a stud. Uh, they run the ball. They call it angry running. Joe Tessitore the other night on Monday Night Football. You watch Ingram. Mark run Ingram. I mean, He's nuts. He, he, dude, he runs, runs possessed. Oh, my God. They're running. Even if it's like a minute to go in a, in a half and, mm-hmm. and they want to get in the field, they're still running because they they run well, they made you. a point <laughs> that they have
1: a 25 year old uh you know whatever fourth fourth down like the
0: analyst. it's yeah. like the yeah. capologist. they just go
1: for it but but it's it's and it goes to show you i think what baltimore and john Harbaugh has done and and going to show that's Pure leadership, knowing that if they're going to move forward, they had to revamp the offense. Yeah. And, wow. and, and they tailored and, it
2: directly to the players yeah. they have. Boy, they, yeah. right. the so of so talk see.
1: talk about that as a like. First of all, I was going to say, what's it like blocking behind like an angry
2: runner like that? Like it's got to be, it's got to be. Yeah, I think the one guy that sticks out for me was Eddie Lacy. You know, his first couple yeah. years, he was a freight train. Yeah, ended up putting on a little bit of weight there yeah. at the end of his career, but. <laughs> His first couple years, his rookie year and uh, second year, he was just so fun to block for because it's like all I have to do is just like kind of stop my guy for a split second, and he's going to run right by him and break tackles. And he's, you know, Man, I don't think I, I don't know if I've seen him play, you know, maybe to the level of uh, what Mark Ingram's been doing this year. Obviously, two different offenses, but he was the one guy that I blocked for that was just. You got you, you got a block for like six seconds because he breaks so many tackles. He runs so angry. He's not getting brought down by one guy. and that's off. Uh, that's an offensive lineman's dream. That's all. Awesome. Sometimes like he's not
0: that. even being brought down. They blow the whistle before he's being brought down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this guy. Yeah. I mean, they, who do you like in that game? First, before we break it down or whatever, Niners, Ravens. That yeah. should be the Super Bowl if it, if it lays down. Sorry, Patriots. I know you're right there. Yeah, you probably will be there again. But the Ravens and the Niners coming up this weekend—that's that's,
2: a—that's a dream matchup. No, it's awesome. I think it kind of reminds me of at least last year's premier game where you know the Rams and the Chiefs, Chiefs. played on that night. Fifty game point game, yeah, yeah. points. But uh, since it's going to be in Baltimore, you know, I kind of lean towards them. I think the the one thing I saw this past weekend was, I th- I think I was wrong about San Francisco. I thought they were a beatable team, and they. Completely outclassed Green Bay Packers, and I thought the Green Bay Packers had a really good, really good team too. Yeah, <laughs> that defense is scary, man. You wow. see, you see their defense coordinator, you know Robert Sally. Or yeah, Saleh Robert Sala. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, from here. So, I mean, he's from he's just, Detroit. I mean, to have a guy like that on the sidelines, and you you could just tell the guys play so hard, man. And he gets those guys ready to go week in, week out. It's amazing what one guy can do to your defense because that's the same team last year who won four games. I know the quarterback was out, but yeah. Nick Bosa comes in and it's just like revamps the entire team. Kind of, speak about he, that yeah, when he's
1: nuts. When you who is the guy? So obviously you got to. Pre- there's somebody on every team that you got to prepare for, and and you know with with because they do different stunts. They do different. Oh, yeah. You watch. You know, like so. What is the key when you're prepping? For a very active and very athletic and fast, because la- I never saw Aaron Rodgers look so <laughs> for distraught. Distraught, you know, like <laughs> right. that—that's that, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He
2: always looks like California cool. Yeah, and he had a bad game. No, I mean, no, and he
1: and, and he's allowed that. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: and he's allowed. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, not nobody's going to be perfect for 16 straight weeks. He had a bad game, and it's one thing you look at. The, the San Fran was bringing a lot of blitzes. Uh, which is Aaron usually thrives, you know, right. under pressure. He's able to change the play and kind of get guys in the right spot. I thought their game plan sucked. Yeah. I thought Green Bay's game plan sucked. I thought Aaron Jones was a guy who, you know, he's guys a rocket. Great. I mean, he's averaging six, seven yards to yeah. carry. He, They're trying he, to run like outside, 12, yeah. right? He got like 12 mm-hmm. touches. And the one thing I look at when you're playing a defense like that is obviously you kind of got to start off with maybe a couple max protections, get an extra chip on the defensive ends, and you know try to double team the inside guys. But I don't remember them throwing any screens. You know, right. if you have a defense that's that, that aggressive where they're rushing six guys yeah. just hell-bent getting up the field, you can make so many big plays just throwing little screen passes and kind of getting them out of that defense because now they're thinking, okay, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to rush I get a free rush, maybe so, it's a screen, I got to backtrack. I didn't see that from any uh, Green Bay, and it was just, it was really disappointing, especially coming off a bye and having an extra week to prepare for that defense. I think they even got stunned a little bit, which it looked like <laughs> watching the TV. They It looked like they had no answers. They got
0: hit in the face, and yeah, that was they it. They
2: got punched hard. So, well, as an
1: offensive lineman, do you come to the sideline and do you say like "WTF"? Like, can we throw a screen pass? <laughs> yeah. Or do you, do you, Like, I mean, and, like is that our guys like noticing like
2: you are oh, yeah. in the game? It's yeah. like
1: because yeah, for you, sure.
2: yeah. I think there's a lot of dialogue when you go to the sideline. Hey, what are they doing? You're looking at the tablets. You know, you're looking at the plays. Hey, they bring a lot of pressure on third downs. Maybe let's try to get a screen in there. Ultimately, you know. It's the Blake calling guys' yeah. job to remember it, but um, I think in that game they just felt like they probably got down too much too fast to where it's like, okay, let's... Try to let twelve win this whole thing. Let's let Aaron win the whole thing for us, and they just—they didn't have any answers. was I mean, Freaky good.
0: Before tablets, uh, they used to have the pictures uh, wired yeah. down. Before that, you know, they would just they have you know, a still the, frame yeah, picture I, like
2: this, and you're well, trying to. How has that you know, changed hmm. the game?
0: Having having this this kind of uh, stuff on the sidelines.
2: You know, I think it's probably changed it a little bit, but it's no different than honestly having the paper or having the tablet because you're just looking at still photographs. You yeah. can't actually go back and watch the live play as it happens to kind of dissect get it. it. Okay. You're, you're Still not allowed to do that, uh, but the pictures definitely help because you know it helps the coaching staff because when you're, you're sitting on there and sideline, you obviously can't see the back view to see where everybody's aligned and you know yeah. what's going on, so when you look at the pictures, hey, what happened? Hey, I got an over front here. This guy spiked inside, and it's like three still graphs that they take, You know, one pre-snap, one right in the middle got of the play, it. and then right at the end, mm-hmm. so you can kind of say hey, I think this is their plan. You know, they're going to try to work this a little bit. And, you know, you trust the coaches to make the appropriate adjustments.
0: Let me ask you this as a player. And, you know, back in the day, you know, there was no replay. Now there's replay. We thought it was great. Now there's so much replay that I think it takes away from the game personally. And if you gave me a choice as a fan right now, I would say I don't want replay anymore.
2: What's your take on that? Um I'm kinda of at the point now. I just want them to get it right, you know. And I, I it's just so frustrating, especially this year. I can't remember it ever being this bad or this controversial where, uh, okay, this looks like a clear penalty and then they say it's not and it's just like what the hell are they watching that I'm not watching? Right? right? I mean, what it's am pretty, I missing? Yeah, That's what, what I'm obvious, saying the hell with yeah. it then. And then you look at the what this past game, uh, you know, against Carolina, the Saints, they overturned one that was just like what the Mm -hmm. hell, like we've seen plays like 100 (laughs) times worse than that, probably 50 of them that you just said, nope, not pass interference, so it's it's almost like there's just no consistency, and I think as a player, that's the most frustrating part, is that you just want them to get it right, and whether it's having a a sky ref, which is something that I've kind of thought was a good idea over the past couple years, where it's Hey, have a guy in the booth, right? That's just watching every single replay. If you throw a flag, which we've, you know, we've seen them. The, the referee starting to huddle now a little bit mm-hmm. to try to get the calls right, which yeah, is good. It is. Have a guy in the booth that says. Good flag, call the penalty or hey, no penalty, pick it up. It's not going to slow the game down to make it a five-hour game. It's going to be a quick, two-second dialogue, and you don't have to do it after every play. Obviously, if there's a false start or if there's an egregious mm-hmm. hold, yeah. uh, right? Hey, I, I saw this. There's it's a, a hold clear on penalty. Every play. Yeah, right? let's get Isn't it done. There's hold on every play. Yeah, most, I mean, <laughs> okay. offensive linemen, you have to, you have to hold to keep up with these guys coming off the edge now. But I think it just little changes like that where it's just, and I don't think I'm alone. I think most fans would just want to just get it right, you know. And obviously, there's going to be human error, but mm. I think we've seen more this year than we have in the past that a lot of these errors are really starting to cost teams games no and question. that's where you only have 16 of these things man every single game matters it's not like baseball where you day hey, let's just go back uh, out next week games. and try to get it right yeah. you know, hockey it's, 82 games. yeah it's, one game can be the difference of you know guys keeping their jobs guys getting fired I Man, it's a big deal So I
1: got a question as a casual fan back to this game, uh, Baltimore and the 49ers, because the offense, we were talking about the running game of Baltimore, but their offensive line versus the defensive line of 49ers. So if I'm a football fan, fan or uh, you know regular fan is there certain things how you watch the game and watch in the trenches and or can you break that down maybe something that people can watch a little bit more for when to determine you know when they say they're winning the battle of the trenches yeah. well if they i can see it if a guy's rushing for i see he's got 10 rushes for 120 yeah. yards mm-hmm. right but but what are the little things because like you said how many plays over the course of the game are you going to battle with that guy across from you yeah. like can you break it down a little bit like more to, I guess, the psychological, mental part uh, yeah. of it?
2: Yeah, I think if you watched any of the game on Monday night, um, you'd know that the Rams have a pretty damn good defensive line with Aaron Donald, yeah. Clay Matthews, Michael Brown. I mean, they've got some players there. Uh, Made it look bad. Baltimore ran the ball 40 times and had three negative runs and they were at the end of the game when Robert Griffin was taken in. Right. So I think that tells you who, who got their ass beat a little bit there. Wow. Um, and that's not, your goal as an offensive lineman when you're running the ball is is not to average six, seven yards, it's to win the play, which means first and ten, hey, let's get it to second and four, second and five. If it's second and ten, let's get it to second and four, you know, third and four, third and five. If it's second and one, let's get the one yard. We don't have to go get ten yards. Right. Um, so the amount that they you know, actually won the down on those running plays was yeah, the Best that I think I've ever seen because they were getting positive you know, four or five yards. They were winning the down. They never got backtracked where it's ah, second and 15 because we lost five on a toss play, whatever it was. It was just a thorough ass beating. And I think the one thing was with watching that was uh, Baltimore O line is a lot better than I thought they were. You know, they don't have a lot of big name guys outside, by of, the way. Right, the score went out with a knee injury. Um, Marshall Yanda is obviously their guy who's kind of just a a stud over there at right guard. But everybody else is just, you know, they're they're fitting the system well. And I think the one thing, when you're watching guys like San Francisco, okay, the first thing that's going to pop off is got to take care of 97, got to take care of Bosa, <laughs> right? And kind of pick your poison, okay? If we're going to double-team him, then we got to leave, you know, maybe Eric Armstead in the middle, who's like a 6'8", 320 freak, <laughs> with like 8-foot-long long arm. Uh, He's well, huge, right? bro. So he looks poison. like an angry man, here. Yeah, And if I'm, if I'm Baltimore, honestly, I say, you know what? Screw that. I'm not adjusting to what they do. We're going to make them adjust to what we're doing. We just kicked the kick the ever-living hell out of uh, out of the Rams. They're a pretty good defense. Super Bowl right? team. Let, let San Francisco come in and kind of show us how they're going to play, and then we'll adjust off of that. You know, I don't think uh, if you're Baltimore, you have any reason to be scared of anybody that you're going to play right now with with the streak that you're on. I think it's just you know, make them stop us, and if they do, we'll adjust. I don't think I've ever seen a 10-1 team, a six-point underdog, and that's it's what insane. they are. The Ravens are
0: six point favorites right. over the ten and one. And I would be curious 90s. to
2: see what the line would be if it was in San Fran. Right? Probably it might it be come. three. Yeah, maybe three. three. I, Two? I don't know. But it's you know, it's it's one of those games that I think it has definitely has potential with yeah, forty niners kind of you know they've kind of played a couple games where they haven't looked great, but well, they, yeah, they beat the card those um, two
0: tough close games. Yeah, but
2: I think it's uh, I think it's got potential to uh, you know to be like that Chiefs Rams game from last year that, that it's was just disappointing that it's going to be a one o'clock game, so you're going to have like yeah. <laughs> eight other games on with it, man. That's a, that's a game that at, at least deserves the maybe four four twenty five. Which game you talking slot. about? The uh, it wasn't the Baltimore San Francisco game. I thought it was like a one o'clock. Is it one? They didn't
0: flex yeah. that game out to, the, to the game yeah, of the I don't the, think they, they
2: did, man. No. Which is, but we'll get it because the Lions right. are yeah, playing you, today. You know, yeah, tomorrow, we'll sure so. get it. But at the same time, you know, you can't. Right. That game just deserves its own national spot. Yeah, you're right. You know, yeah.
1: there's certain ones that spotlight <laughs> during the, during the year. I mean, it, it's it's even like I was looking forward to. I like those. Uh, reminded me of the playoff game, the uh, Cowboys in the in New England with the weather, yeah, you know, coming down in New
2: England. I, I like that. That's cool too.
1: Throw some. What's snow that? In what's there. That, did you like? Because you played in Green Bay. Oh, yeah, so what? Yeah.
2: I loved. Uh, I loved rain. I loved snow. I loved ten degree games. I mean, wow. I, I just you did. Did you well, go short I, sleeves? Yeah, I did mm. not not because now not because I was a tough guy, only because like Must when to they wear long sleeves, it yeah, it gives yeah. them something else to grab, and it also kind of restricts you a little bit. As weird as it sounds, you know, any little kind of discomfort yeah. you feel, it's in your head a little bit, and that was probably the biggest reason why I didn't wear them. <sighs> um, but I hated the games. We played a couple games and. I think to open up the 2016 season, we started off in Jacksonville. It was like Ugh. 95, no man, breeze, no cloud. It was just absolutely disgusting. All the all the skill <laughs> guys loved it. You know, the DBs loved it, the receivers loved it. Off, off, offensive line were absolutely miserable. Man, I take <laughs> I take 10 degrees over 90. That's why. Times out of that's <laughs> always playing,
0: yeah. you always
2: play in the ice. Yeah, it's but, nice it's old, it, right. but
1: it's warm. But when you put the fans in there, that's what I tell you. It's yeah. it's in playoff time. It's 70 degrees. I never yeah. wear. A shirt out my
0: equipment, is so hot on the ice. I yeah. remember that game with the Giants and the Packers at Lambeau. Tom Coughlin oh, literally got yeah he, he got... yeah he uh, got frostbite. I yeah. mean, you saw a frostbite starting <laughs> yeah. on his oh, face. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. awful. <laughs> that how was cold? I... Do you, uh, do you
1: remember
2: that. when living there, like, with the coldest... Like, how cold can it get uh, there? The coldest game I played in was... It was um, 2004. Thirteen, we played a playoff game again at home against San Francisco. I think it was minus ten with like a minus forty wind chill, and uh, it was awesome because. Yeah, the de- nobody wanted to touch each other. So <laughs> the defensive linemen are coming off the ball and they're just kind of standing there like, trying to tip it. the passes and I'm like, this is awesome, man. I don't have to do anything in there. Guys it. you're losing your footing. I mean, it just made for such kind of a cool, you know, kind of atmosphere. Just an easy game for an offensive lineman, the guys don't want to play. But um that was cold, man. I remember we, we sat in the hot tub for quite a quite a long time after that one. That
0: Packers Cowboys <laughs> playoff game when uh, Michael Irvin caught that that I mean Des Bryant caught that touchdown that was called back remember, yeah, remember that one
2: 2014 season that was like the yeah.
0: calvin johnson catch i still think Well, i still personally think calvin johnson caught his against the bears and i think uh des bryant caught that one against oh, you guys oh i did
2: too I, and that's what i said and then I, the following glad, week you guys got screwed yep i'm sad i'm glad we got the call but if that was you know jordy yeah. nelson who they called that i'd be pretty upset because yeah. i you know hey nobody Takes knows back what to replay. catch anymore but yeah, that's what i'm um, saying yeah, that's Car- pretty
1: that's pretty bad and that's pretty sad so yeah. i mean you
2: know what hopefully they can figure that out sooner yeah. like. Yeah, but karma kind of got us because the it next did. week we played an NFC Championship game at Seattle, and uh, we had a bonehead kid on our team who uh, did the wrong thing, gave up an onside kick. We lost lost a chance to go win the Super Bowl. That, that was, was a hell tough, of a was game the toughest too. Toughest loss of my career, man. A hell that of a was game. Uh, that was rough.
0: But you made a Super Bowl. We did the 2010. Yeah, that's but, uh, a hell of a game.
2: 2014, too. we got back to the NFC Championship, uh, lost the you know, recovered the onside kick, the game's over, going to the Super Bowl. You know, we had one guy who didn't want to block, tried to go make the play by himself. <gasps> mm-hmm. You know, Seattle gets to go scores. And in 2016, we got back to the NFC Championship after a four and six start. You know, wow. we won one out, yeah, got to the NFC that. Championship, yeah. and uh, I root for the pack Absolutely right? blown That's out. Part of our division, got, I root got for. Them. Got blown out by the Falcons. Man, we were we were down 21 nothing, getting off the bus. It was man. just, uh, it was just. Julio had like 250, and it just, it was a tough <sighs> what one. <laughs> what happened to that team, man? <laughs> it was a what tough happened one? to that team? Right. Yeah. You talk about teams that are disappointing. I mean, it's kind of this year's. Yeah, almost bears with what they've done yeah. you know, last year. I think they kind of 12-win team looking like the next yeah. you know, step. And it really just kind of went, went downhill pretty quick. I want to yeah. tell
0: everyone about the Michigan Sneaker Exchange. Our good friends Juan Neal, Jake Schreier, and Julian Evans Means of Labels and Logos and Loose Cannon Flagship are going to be hosting the Michigan Sneaker Exchange at the TCF Center. It used to be no, known as Cobo. December 7th, vendors from around the state will be in attendance, swapping sneakers, showing the latest trends in fashion. December 7th, noon to 6, 20 bucks at the door or online, TCF Center or Kobo, as you like to call it. For tickets and tables, visit MichiganSneakerExchange.com. Exchanges with the next. We were talking about the Harbaugh Bowl, 49ers against the Ravens. Remember that Super Bowl mm-hmm. from a couple of years ago when the lights went out in New Orleans? But, you know, one Harbaugh's there, the other Harbaugh's playing, of course, in Ann Arbor. And we got a couple of minutes to talk Ohio State and Michigan. Ohio State, number one in the country. They jumped LSU last night in the college football playoff. So it's Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, and Georgia. Michigan coming in hot. Michigan, number 13. Ohio State, number one. Ohio State has beaten Michigan 14 of the last 15 times. Can't really call it a rivalry anymore. I mean it's you? The, <laughs> Michigan's still easy overall, but let's face it, they haven't done anything yeah. in the last few years. Who
2: are you like yeah. in that game, Tim? Uh, I like Ohio State. You know, I think they've been the one team here that, say that. Uh, I, I I hope it's closer than what, you know, most people are thinking. Um, They've just been the one team this year that has just looked incredibly unstoppable. you know. And I think mm-hmm. last week was the closest we've seen anybody play them is Penn State. Right. A couple turnovers. That's what it's going to take to win if you're Michigan. You're going to have to force two or three turnovers. Give yourself a couple extra possessions to try to stay in the game. I think I'm not completely discounting Michigan. I think they've got a chance. I think they've, the past month of the season, they've played... Just as good as football as anybody, right. you know, scoring a lot of points and the defense has been a top ten defense. But um, Ohio State, it just it just seems like they have too many playmakers on their on their offense, especially. And you've got to find a way to block chase young man. That oh guy my sounds, god, that guy's the, the race Jake for chase a, that's the that word. Everyone wants chase young. <laughs> he is yeah. so quick, dude. I watched yeah, I watched the beginning of
1: that game when he has two sacks in the one series. Yeah, but just him coming off, so off the fast. edge. If you can't. You know, and and go low, and if you don't get off the line, it's so fast. <laughs> yeah. it's, you're talking about Bosa, but they, the, you know, Ohio State—they produce some guys. Yeah. I, I, I'm more concerned with what the overunder and the sacks are. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but to your point, though, I think if you had this question looking towards this game a month ago as a Wolverine fan, you were dreading it. But the offense, like you said, they found something, yeah. and they found something in the loss, and and they got a chance. I don't still don't think they're going to win, yeah,
2: but I definitely uh, think they have a chance. They got a
0: chance. Noon yeah. kickoff on Saturday at the Big House. Started a fourteen point underdog. Michigan now only eight and a half point underdogs. Over under fifty and a half. Look at Ethan with his Ohio State mug. He didn't get to say much today, but <laughs> go Bucks. That's go all Bucks. I got to say. Oh, good. Congratulations on that kid. I want to thank TJ. TJ, like yeah. thanks for coming in, yeah, man. Thanks for having man. We got to do this more, man. It's good to catch up. Please It's been a while. Darren, always, buddy. I'll uh I'll Aloha, be man. Have I will. Fun I, I got I will.
1: I'll be back uh week, next Friday, week from Friday Looking and I'll uh, give you, you update. Bring me
0: a, bring me a souvenir yeah, from Israel. Mazeltov. Mazeltov. Go with the uh Darren, of course, probing uh pubbing. The Russian Five, which is a phenomenal thing. Get to see it if you can. Ethan, have a great weekend. You too. Go Michigan. Go Go Blue. Hey, go Lions. Lions, give us something on Thanksgiving. Go Lions. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Wrap. Tom Mazoway saying, see you. Happy Thanksgiving on NRM Streamcast.